Welcome to the Apple of Truth and our fourth summoning episode. I am Vero. And I'm Lena. And we are here again. It feels like it's only been a few weeks to talk about a full season of Lucifer. It's been, what, 10 weeks since the last one, wasn't it? Or maybe 11? I don't know. I I can't do maths. Anything like that, it's less than three months for sure, which in pandemic means it's about three days, but also it's about three years. I was about to say yes. Also, can we really call this a full season with just 10 episodes? Yes. How many episodes does season one have? 12? More than this. Ah, bish bosh. More than this. <laughs> bish bosh. Ah, as usual, we're gonna walk through Lucifer-related notes. We're gonna keep track on the stuff we are keeping track of. And I also included a fun bit about the timeline, because season four was very, very fucked up with the timeline. And let me tell me, let me tell me, yes, let me tell me and you. (laughs) And you, all you. The timeline does not make sense at all. It's fine. Everything's fine. We'll see how it goes. And with season five being so fresh in our hearts and brains, we are this time not gonna have a spoilery segment because it's been, what, six weeks since we watched season five? Possibly something like that. Who knows? Time is not real. Time is relative. As we learned from the pandemic and also from season four. And Doctor Who. Also that. We could start a Doctor Who podcast and never be finished. Oh my god. (laughs) Hey, the upside of that is that there is a zillion seasons, but each season only has like, what, 10 episodes? So we could call... Wait, here we go. Season four is a British version of Lucifer season-wise. So it's a full season, but only in Britain. I'm just gonna let that stand there and say... How about we talk about the Lucifer-related stuff and start with the our opinion, most and least character development. Okay. Why don't you start us out? Because I was starting out pretty much the entire summoning three, I feel like. Probably. I was drunk, you edited it, and I never listened to it. So I have to take your word for it. I am judging you so hard right now. As you should. <laughs> I had a hard time deciding who is the one with the most character development because nearly all of the characters have amazing arcs and go through really great developments. Stop reading my notes. Uh, Always, always. I have a a Trojan on your laptop, so I know what the fuck you're doing. Did I actually accidentally open your notes instead of mine? Hmm. (laughs) No, luckily not. That would be hilarious, though I'm very (laughs) curious where you got your switcheroo segment from then. Yeah. Fair. See? See? It was from the top of my brain. I basically wrote down all the characters and then started deleting and deleting and deleting. And in the end, I had three left over. <laughs> I had a hard time deciding on which one of those three to pick. And those three <laughs> were Chloe, despite episode 10, Lucifer, and Daniel. I wouldn't be me if at the end I would not have chosen the bestest being Dan to be the one with the most character development because while I totally understand that at times and sometimes even at lengthy times he and his behavior was very uh, frustrating and even infuriating to some of you and with you I mean Vero 
Can't blame me. I'm not blaming. I'm, I'm saying that I understand. All in all, his evolution was completely plausible. And the way they brought him from the utter devastation of Charlotte's untimely death. Never happened. To this opening up and starting the healing process with Linda at the end of this was just utterly beautiful and very human, for a lack of a better word. I truly hope that we see more of this, how he processes the healing and everything in the next seasons, because we have two more seasons to go. And he just continues to rise in my appreciation. And he is now, I think, my favorite character. Ooh, wow. That I did not see coming. I kind of expected Dan a little bit. He was my backup, I have to admit. But I ended up going the more obvious direction and I went with Lucifer because... Why did I see this coming? Listen, you're right. Nearly every character could be in here. This was an extremely packed season. Two. Two exceptions. Very curious. But if you look at Lucifer, he is the focal point of this show. His development is what this entire season is standing on top of and is revolving around. So we go from episode one where Lucifer is coming off gaining his devil face back and Chloe seeing it for the first time, running off and him being completely broken up and like struggling with that so much. Insecure is the word I would use. Insecure is a great word to use here. But we go from that through so much shit that he goes through and then we end on him going back to hell to accept his responsibilities, confessing his feeling to Chloe, learning how to deal with, not actually dealing with, but learning that he needs to deal with the self-hate and stuff like that, the fact that he even knows that he hates himself in the first place, all of these things are a big, big development, even bigger than we've seen throughout season one to three, in my opinion. So to me, even though... Yes, any of these characters could be here. He deserves to be here the most, from my side, anyway. Let me just say, compared to season three, season four, Lucifer made an amazing transition. Big progress. Yes. Yeah. So the least development. And I have a sneaky feeling that I know who you're going to be talking about. I'm completely curious who the second character could be, because... There was only one that came to mind. Mm. Obviously, my pick is Ella. Yes, of course. That's what I expected. And mostly not because she didn't have character development, but because her supposed character development was so completely and utterly undeserved. Yeah, I've written it down really. I think I really like how I said it. Ella's development throughout the season was, I like God. Actually, I don't. Ooh, actually, I do. That's a bit snarky, but not wrong. I'm not saying this with any hate towards the character. I still very much love Ella. Ella is brilliant. Oh, all my blame goes towards the writing in this case. Yes, same. The fact that nobody paid attention to her, you know. Even without that, I would have had a less hard time if she ended this season without her faith back. Yeah, because then it would give given us a little bit of a hope 
that this is going to get dealt with properly. Yeah, and more tension for the next season. Because the speech that she gives then, the friendly kick to the butt she gives him and him going to Linda and then later on they have the conversation and she's struggling with the evil in the world basically. And it would have been totally fine if she had kept struggling with that and maybe this could have been a moment for Dan to, who now finally got over the most part of his shit Mm. to realize like, oh my god, my dear friend Ella who helped me in my time of need is really struggling and now I'm gonna help her. And this could have been something for season five. But her just putting back on with the fucking cross was so unsatisfying. It was. But now, tell me, who is the (laughs) other character? It's Trixie. Well, Trixie didn't have any screen time. She was only in three episodes. Yeah. And even Kinley was in more episodes than Trixie. Even in those three episodes, Trixie had more character development than Elle. Nah. I mean, come on. Her it being w- at I... Lucifer. Yes, but... And that... going over there and showing what amazing friend she is and how close she's gotten with him. And her forgiving Mace. That's not development. This is something that she's always been. She's always been this smarter than anybody else type of a character who always does the right thing and is at the right place at the right time. They just don't build on that, you know? If you put Trixie on there, then you also have to put Kinley on there. Kinley has a development. He Yeah, from alive to death. Yes. I mean, that's <laughs> development. But not character development. He dies hoping or thinking that his purpose on earth have been fulfilled. No, he dies thinking he's not going to hell. Okay, let me rephrase that. Last time we hear of him is when he thinks that his purpose on earth has been fulfilled. You mean when Dromos talks about this weird priest in hell talking about the prophecy? Yeah. He's stuck in a fucking hell loop. I don't think he's thinking that his plan worked because there is no uh, happiness in hell. Either way. Yeah, no, I'm not I'm not exacting Trixie for this list, but we agree on Ella and that is good enough for me. Ella is the main one for sure. And I have this weird feeling that just like we agree on who is the least character development character, we're also going to agree on our favorite relationship on the show this season. Will we? I'm pretty sure, because in my opinion, unless you go for Lucifer and Chloe, then we're not going to (laughs) agree. I have to say Decker Star was going to be my choice, but then I gave it a little bit more thought and went out for something a little bit less obvious. And then I want to hear it. I have decided to go with Linda and Mace. Same. Shocking. I did not see that coming, right? Really? Two Lina's favorite characters together as her favorite relationship? What? So you saw it coming and you were just yanking my chain with my... (laughs) We're probably gonna have to say one. No, we're not gonna. I was like, okay. I could have gone for Deckerstar. I could talk about Deckerstar for days. And this season is very much... You know what? I'm gonna talk about Deckerstar because then you're gonna have the space to talk about Linda and Mason. I can like chime in. But Lucifer and Chloe has gone through so much... And the reason I ended up not picking them is because Chloe herself didn't feel true to me in the last episode, at the start. The end, yes. But the way she behaves throughout the last episode... Episode 10, yeah. Big, big issue there. That was the reason why I ended up going with Linda and Mace. And the reason why I ended up going for them is because it was the most stable of the relationships. It was something safe for me. I didn't have to worry. I did worry regardless, but I didn't have to because 
they didn't actually gone through that big of humps. Their relationship is much stronger after what they went through in previous seasons now and it just makes me happy to watch everything you said i can just repeat back for basis then and linda with the they have grown stronger together and i wasn't really worried for them Aww. it works it it's works so beautiful you know not always you have to have drama in order to be entertained and to have tension building and everything exactly. my main worry as i formulated in episode one when we have the pregnancy stuff was that we would have a return to the love triangle which we thankfully did not get not even close that made me really really happy because Maze's fascination with linda's pregnancy and her connecting with linda on this whole new level and Linda being this really really understanding friend while setting boundaries and everything was just a beauty to behold and <sighs> even though I'm not much into the whole Charlie business Auntie Maze is an amazing concept mm -hmm. I love that she brought this baby blanket and I know there's gonna be more shenanigans in the future with Maze typical behavior that's probably not appropriate for a baby and it's gonna be fucking hilarious and Linda is gonna be this beautiful sweet understanding character who gives space to everyone around her but especially to her best friend Mace and so I love that they now live together I do wonder if Amenadiel lives there as well though I have to say yeah because can you imagine that Mace Amenadiel and Linda living together as a thruple like not as a romantic thruple but as a yeah cohabitant if you think about it where else would Emmanuel live I have no idea but it's just super hilarious in my brain because he had the loveness that he had with Mace and he had the office then he lived in the office where he lost his wings and that's about the last time we've seen where he actually lives right because if he also lives at Linda's place then we need like a proper name for Linda's place because Linda, Amenadiel and Mace all together deserves... Because basically it's heaven, hell and earth together in one place. So it's perfection. That's great. That's great. You know what? If we won't find out in season five where Ames lives, and if it's not explicitly said, I would like to ask that DB when we meet him at Lux. <laughs> if it ever happens. If it ever happens. <laughs> oh, now I made myself sad again. Do it to yourself. Ah, everything's fine. That was very off-key. This is the person inside of me screaming and trying to convince the rest of myself that everything's fine. It's not working well. Can you tell your inside person to scream less off-key? It wasn't a specific song. It can be off-key. Slightly better. Yes, yes, it can. And I... Fine. Oh, I'm so fine with the pandemic. I'm gonna keep this in. I'm a brilliant oh. singer, so uh, do whatever you must. <laughs> 
Listen, I haven't eaten anything since the morning and this is a very big drink and I'm getting near the end. So, regardless of us not actually drinking shots this episode, I feel Nero is gonna get drunk. Yeah, well, hopefully my uh, sister is gonna bring me another drink if I ask very nicely. And I'm gonna go on record that you have the best sister because every time I see you, she's being really, really nice to you. Yes, because I'm injured and I can't walk. You did it to yourself. No, the society did it to me no no, the society convinced me that the pandemic is heavy enough not to go out climbing and now i'm back to let you know i can really shake it down okay i need to stop let's move on to the next category which is our favorite episode of season four only one and one backup did you manage to do that oh wait we said one okay i thought (laughs) three and one backup Perfect. I have three episodes because I had one episode, one backup, and one backup for the backup. Okay, well, in that case... But because you have four, you go first because then you can start and finish. Okay, I'm going to start from the backup, okay? We're going to move up to the the, best From the bottom. From the bottom, yes. Give it to the bottom. My bottom is... Who the new king of hell? It is the season four finale because of the music. It's because of... Of the beautiful montage that we have when Team Lucifer walks inside of the Aztec, no, Mayan. And yeah, the Mayan. <laughs> yeah, so close. I just pulled Eve. Never mind. It's just a very epic episode. So I kind of figured, listen, it's like, you know, half the episode, half the seasons in, is on my list. So, you know, put it that way. Four episode is not half of ten. But that's okay. You don't have Close to do Close enough. All right. My bottom, my number three, is episode three, O Ye of Little Faith Father. Mm. Because this episode finally made a Decca starshipper out of me. <laughs> ah, true. We have Kinley in fucking best form in this episode. Mm-hmm. And it's a perfect episode to get us really engaged in the whole setup of the entire season. Yes, I agree. This is why it is my number two. Ooh, so what is your number three then? Number three is Devil Is As Devil Does. That is my number two. Ooh, fun! And the reason for that is, for one, it's directed beautifully. I have pointed it out when we were covering it. It's just, there's so many beautiful shots and... It's a Richard Spite one, right? Yes, it's a Richard Spite one. (laughs) But Trixie is in it. And in danger. She is amazing and she makes everything move. Because of Trixie, we get to see this new side of Eve, which is the mother, and actually endears Eve to me much more in that moment. There is a lot of things around where uh, Chloe finally learns about the prophecy. Yeah, with Kinley's bag. Yeah, yeah. Fun fact, Trixie is in all the episodes Kinley is in. Except Kinley is then in the second last one because he dies there. But the the other three he's in, that's Trixie's episode as well. But my favorite is that Lucifer finds out that he's Batman in this episode. The Devil Wings, also on my list, yes. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Also, this is where Ella's struggling becomes finally very, very explicit and really, really well done. I just wish they had gone somewhere with it. And of course, we have proper dance spiraling yes. in this episode and yes. it needed to get this bad for him to have mm. the capacity mm. to mm. become better in fairness though then in episode 3 the Oye of Little Faith Father that's the episode where Dan goes on the rampage with Maze as well yeah. so there that's is a, a starting big point. big 
Dan moment as well. Yeah. Basically, for me, episode seven, Devil Is As Devil Does, is this perfect setup to build us to- towards the grand finale. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so drum roll. What is your number one? Safe Lucifer. Did not see that coming. Okay, tell me why. <laughs> It's the episode where Charlie is born. So we get this beautiful memory of Charlotte. And it's also the one where Eve gets to be serenaded by Mace, which is one of my favorite, personal favorite moments of the entire season. And Mace makes the decision also to take care of herself by leaving Eve behind, which is, again, in on the Mace scale, this is a big decision, which I really, really loved. And Lucifer and Chloe have this amazing final scene where he is completely turned into his devil form and Chloe delivers this brilliant speech where she essentially convinces him that he needs to stop worrying about her and other people around him and he needs to focus on himself. So it's just all of these big moments coming together in this episode and a lot of good happens and then some bad happens in this episode but I decided to ignore these because I'm a queen of denial. I see your points they just didn't hit home as well for me which is why it didn't make my list. My number one is episode one everything's okay. (laughs) I didn't see death coming. (laughs) Because this is in my opinion the best pilot we've had in Lucifer so far. It really made it easy to be interested for many episodes to come. Mm. We had this amazing twist at the end of episode one with Kinley in the church. That's true. And that was so fucking well done with Chloe behaving so weirdly. And then we're being led to believe that she's actually okay. And then she's not. And then she's breaking down crying in the church. And Kinley is there and he talks. And like, <gasps> what is going on? It was fucking perfect. And just the cherry on top why this is my top number one is Maze Trixie's consolation. Fair. In the precinct. Fair. That is a beautiful because moment. the episode itself is already amazing. And then you have this on top. And this is why this is my favorite episode of season four. I do have to say, though, even though we went through them one by one, a lot of the episode kind of blended together for me. And this is how they're meant to be, because this is now a bingeable medium. So it was really difficult to pick one. I had to go through, you know, the little notes that I make for myself to make the previously on. I had to go through the entire thing and like really remember which one is which and what happened in which episode specifically. I always have to do that because my brain is shit. To me, usually something stands out. This time it was just all this kind of an overall feeling of I'm very happy with this season. You know what always stands out? Trixie. The music. Oh, music. Yeah, nice. Which is why we're now gonna be talking about our favorite songs in season four. Top three. Three and I managed to pick just three. Well, I technically have top three. Okay, how many bonus did you pick? It's not like bonus or backups or anything like that. I just put two songs on the side as a different category. Oh, so like I did last season with the not actually season three episodes? Yes, essentially. However, this is way more topical because what I did is that I want to give a big shout out to the two Lucifer cast sang songs. Which I just included in the normal list. And it's Creep and Wonderwall. And those are my top one and top three. <laughs> <laughs> 
The Wonder Wall, the thing is that normally I would probably go and think about the song as the original and then as the way they actually approach it on the show and stuff like that. In this moment, I don't love, like, Wonder Wall is a good song. I don't love it. But Wonder Wall by Leslie N is amazing. Incredible. Exactly. So like, and then Creep, one of my favorite songs of this entire thing amazing song on its own and it would have made the top three for me if I decided to include it in the same category but because we had Wonderwall as well I was like I'm just gonna point them out because they're amazing then I'm gonna focus on the rest of them so I'm just gonna give you my one not Lucy cast pick and my top two is Glory Box by Portisette that is my top one Nice. It's a great song. I really, really love it. And that means that our first top one and top two would be pretty much the same because Creep is definitely top one for me as well. Nice. So let me hear your top two and top three of the normal music. Top two would be Judgment Date by Stealth. Oh, yes. Yes, 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 yes. It's one of the songs that I have covered in uh, Devils in the Music. I did cover Glory Box as well. Yes. I'm pretty sure if I didn't cover cover the third one I definitely thought about covering it and it's nothing personal by Stella in the storm I don't think you covered that song if I didn't I didn't but definitely thought about it or any of their other songs the thing is with Stella in the storm they have three songs in season four yes and they're all amazing they're all very good and they only ever have put out six songs in total <laughs> Wow. So so half their uh, discography. discography, yeah. Half their discography is wow. on Lucifer. As Lada pointed out, they know somebody. <laughs> no, no, maybe there's more coming next season. Maybe we get the other three songs as well. <laughs> I would not be surprised because as we have learned... They love their repeat artists. Netflix really, really, really likes to buy something and then the beat it until it's dead. Just use everything they can. Yeah. Speaking of the overall, I now have concluded a little bit of a general information on music again. It's not as detailed as it was last time because we obviously, for obvious reasons, had less songs this time. But season four marks the first season without Valerie Broussard officially. <gasps> I know, I was heartbroken. The thing is that I do have suspicion that she may have been involved in some way in one of the clergy songs, but she's not officially credited on any of them. There was no Rolling Stones songs, which is the first time as well, because so far we've had one Rolling Stones song in each season. And this actually means that we have some changes on the most played artist list. But then again, do we really? Because the most played artist now is clergy. Yay! They have had three songs in season four. In total, that means they have seven songs overall. Wow. However, out of those seven songs, two are officially featuring Valerie Broussard. So this is where it gets slightly convoluted because as I counted last time, Valerie has at least six songs in the entirety of the show. Maybe more because I did not go through all the YouTube songs. So it's probably on the same level out of which two are identical. Ugh, you know, right. But that's not everything. With three more songs in this season comes in Beasts With No Name. Yes! which now are up to a total of five, which puts them on the second place. Well, third place, technically. 
of the most played artist. And then we have two more artists in this season who had had three songs featured. And that is already mentioned, Stella and the Storm and Marius de la Mer. Right. I came across that name quite a yeah. bit. But yeah, the songs weren't songs. mine. I'm pretty sure all three of those were Lux songs. It's not really my jam. Not, not um, my type of music, mm, yeah. I'm more into the finale songs, you know, like the last song of the episode. We will tear your heart apart and then we're gonna stamp on it. And, you know... As I've repeatedly said, they know who's watching and they know we're masochists and they love torturing us because they know we love it. Yeah, makes sense. So, yeah, this is me on the music. Speaking of general, but not just general music stuff, but general, general stuff, let's talk about the season in general. How many times can I say general in a one minute? What, general? I don't know. <laughs> Generally speaking, it's a pretty common word. So general... It's a general word? <laughs> is it, is it, it's been a general word. Yeah, yeah, word. It's... um. Generally, I would not be afraid to use it in general. Very well done. I'm I'm impressed. Me too. Me too, my friend. Let's go into the general stuff for the entire season and not just the music. One thing that came up again and again and again was the completely fucked up timeline. And I'm going to be talking about that in detail in a little while. And honestly, this was one of the things that took me out of the season the most. Because I like my shows to have some cohesive timeline. Mm. Like I'm totally fine if episodes are placed like one week apart, just like they are released. Or if they happen day after day after day or something. Or even if there's a break in between, but I get like explicit mentioning within the show how much time has passed. But in season four, it all felt all over the place. And one of my main issues was the one day with Caleb for a deal Because all of the weight of this episode got nullified for my brain because it was not even a whole day. Yes. Definitely. We've talked about it repeatedly. We talked about it throughout this entire season, that the timeline is just all over the place. It's something that we haven't talked nearly as much about in the previous three seasons. It never was as annoying. It was never as prominent. Distracting, yeah. So that is, hands down, my biggest issue. Like, there are details that I would like, nee. That wasn't perfect. This could have been done better. Stuff like that, for sure. There always are. But this is the one thing that kept me, threw me out of it every single time. So, you know, I could go, I wish we had more Trixie, but we can't have more Trixie in 10 episodes and going through all of this storytelling in such a small small time. We barely had time to do that. I wish Kinley was around for longer. Yes. Because he was such a great villain and his story arc felt rushed. But again, 10 episodes. 10 episodes in the season. You can't dedicate that much to a small portion of a story. That being said, I am excited for what is coming in the next season. Because I know we're going to get more time. I'm really happy we get 16 episodes for the next season. Isn't it 18? It's twice 8 episodes. Is Oh, I thought it was twice 9 episodes. 
pretty sure no, but I might be wrong. Who knows? No, but I get what you're saying that there are small things to nitpick, but the main thing we are in agreement. But there are also many things to praise. And for me, the main thing, because this is a rewatch for us, was my different standing on both Chloe and Eve. Because the first time I saw this show, I didn't like either. And now I have come to fully and truly appreciate Chloe, even though I'm still super fucking annoyed when they write her so out of character as they did in the beginning of episode 10. Mm. But all in all, nine and a half episodes, Chloe was fucking brilliant. Even when she sucked, she was amazing. Yeah. Because it was perfect. With Eve, the whole duality in her character was so brilliant. And you pointed it out at several parts, how in the beginning she's wearing white and then it's transitioning over into red, and I'm kind of curious if she ever comes back, what color she's going to be wearing then. Mm-hmm. It d- really does feel like a deliberate choice. Oh, it has to be. It has to be. Again, yet another thing that we would I would not be against to put on our questions list because that would be really interesting to me to know who is behind this. Who would you ask? Would you ask Imbari or would you ask Joe and Dilly? I think this is more question to the writers, but also I'm not saying that Inbar wouldn't know. We don't have any questions for Inbar yet. I don't know. It, because it hasn't been explained on the show, I would probably rather ask this Ildi and Joe. Okay. But also there's definitely something that we can come up with for Inbar because there's so much about Eve that I would like to know and that doesn't really get addressed as much that as I would like to. Again, bringing us back to the not enough episodes, not enough time to go into details about characters. Mm, yeah. Either way, I definitely want the colors on the question list. When I edit this i'm gonna put it on you're the the best thing about editing it because then i can do the pause write it down i don't have to do it now yay but really eve was one of my highlights this season even though at times she got incredibly on my nerves but it all made sense and i wasn't as happy with her behavior in the penultimate episode and in the last episode but especially in in episode nine it all feels so fucking over the top i get it but still i while i understood it from the writing perspective as a fan i was still against it no you're absolutely right it's just it makes sense Character-wise, doesn't mean I like it. I want it better for her. Basically, my brain is, don't make me like this character and then have her behave this idiotic. This could be also applied to Chloe for that brief moment. Yes, exactly. That is exactly my issue. As long as I don't like the characters, I don't care when they're behaving like fucking idiots. But as soon as I start liking them, which is also why I'm so unhappy with Ella or why I was so unhappy with Mace in some moments in the last season. And so we'll see how it goes. But all in all, this was a fucking short season, Mm -hmm. but they did amazing. And I think I mentioned this before. I started watching when season four was already out mm. or was just about to come out but by, yeah. by the time I finished season three I could instantly start watching season four and had it not been available I probably would have stopped watching after season three and season four is the reason why I got really into this show as a show and as yeah. a fandom and as everything and do I need to say more you really don't no I'm gonna because we have more subjects coming up yeah Well, I'm going to just close off the general thoughts then with one thing. In general... You mean generally speaking? 
generally speaking, this season is very, 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 very good. It has yes. been masterfully handled. The way we're gonna compare this to the previous seasons in a second, but the way it's written, it's been very well done. And to me, where we're standing right now, we finished off the season with our two main characters who have been pushed together by the writers since the very beginning. It has always been known that Decker Star is going to be a thing. We're finishing this season with each of them on a different realm. Like, how you got. I remember when but I finished season four. But with a love four. confession. So. Oh, yeah, yeah. You have love confession and everything, but they're in different worlds. How are you going to deal with that? I remember watching the last episode for the first time with no season five in the sight. And I was like, what? What are, what? I mean, it's not like I didn't have a detailed solution plan in the bonus of episode 10. <laughs> of course. But yeah, it's... For which you have to be a Patreon of level, believer or higher. Yeah, yeah. It's... But you know what I mean? Like, it's just a stroke of genius to keep people engaged. After such a short season, creates so much tension. There's no wonder that this show is repeatedly smashing every single viewer's charts. Every single release, they are on the top. Also, it makes sense that after season four... I mean, they were making season five when it got confirmed that we were also getting season six, which means that the numbers of season four were so good that Netflix said, you know what? You're not only getting two seasons with us, you're getting three. Yeah. So season four really must have convinced the Netflix executives that this is a money horse they're betting on, which is nice to see. It was smart Also, of them. screw you, Fox. You really lost out here. Shame on you. But, you know, this is kind of bringing me into the next segment, unless you have something else to say about no. this. You mean comparing the season to the previous? Yes. Now we can say, screw Fox, this is on you. But the question is, would the show be really able to thrive like this if it would have stayed on Fox? And I think not. I think so, yes, because the writers are so good. The writers are very good, but I think that the circumstance of the show and the way their journey shook out, I think that a lot of that hype and a lot of that development... If you compare the first three seasons to season four, it is a noticeable shift in the approach. And I think a lot of that is based on the fact that they are now on Netflix. They can do, they can swear. They are sexier. They are yeah. more gruesome. They can be more of everything. They are less conservative. They don't have to focus on the original concept of the show that was this body cup show. Yeah. They can more focus on the actual telling the story. It's just coming off better this way. It gives us more to love the characters and be with the characters if we're not focusing on the... But it gives us less filler episodes and thus less character depth. In season four, yes. Who knows how we would be feeling if this had been a full season of 21 episodes and we had gotten time to have an Ella episode and a Maze episode and an Eve episode and a Trixie episode and yaddy yaddy yaddy, you know? Yeah, that's fair enough. I didn't think of that. So I'm fully with you that the less 
conservative approach to storytelling and the ease they now have with nudity and gore. I mean, they're still not rated R or anything, but at least there's some eye candy for both the blood and the body lovers. Blood and body. I mean, that heel in the eye socket was just such a nice touch. But I'm a sucker for character episodes, and I feel like this is something that we would have gotten at Fox, because Mm. they would have had to fill the 21 episodes. And while I appreciate quick storytelling, I like it when the story is compressed and I don't have to suffer through irrelevant episodes. If the writing is good, I don't mind the irrelevant episodes, because they give me depth and meaning. You know what, actually, I got a message recently from a friend of mine who is watching Lucifer for the first time. Are they listening to us? Uh, I don't think he is right now. I'm gonna push him on doing the so. However, he was saying, I'm about to start season three of Lucifer and I saw the amount of episodes. What can I skip? (laughs) Nothing! And I was like, you know what, on one hand, yes, there is a lot of filler episodes that are not relevant to the overall plot. But in my opinion, and in the opinion of this podcast, those are the best episodes. Yeah. Like, Vegas with some reddish. Oh my god. When Mace is hunting the bounty in Canada. Yes, the Mr. and Mrs. Mazakin Smith. Yes. The flashback episode. What's the what? What's the name of it? That's not one of my favorites, so I don't remember. It's the one where we get Lucifer first arriving to LA. All of these episodes, and next to that, you have what? Pierce. Oh fucking Pierce! Captain Cardboard. I mean, he likes Pierce, apparently. He hated mom. Oh my god! He hated mom. I hated mom as well, but how can he like Captain Cardboard? I think he was only like three episodes and when we first started talking. Is he but... is he spoiled on Pierce? Do, does he know that Pierce is Kane? I don't think so. <gasps> okay, then then it's okay for him to at least be neutral to Pierce. I'm still not going with liking, but... I think he bad. likes him as a character rather than likes him as a person, you know. All right. Okay. Uh, comparing season four. Bu- 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 bu. Yes. Speaking speaking of, you've said it before, but I kind of have to point it out once more. I'm so disappointed Kinley was this underused. Yeah. Because of the time issue, because we only had 10 episodes, because I really think he would be my favorite villain. Yeah, for sure. But with just those few episodes that he had, I simply can't. And that is really something that I'm sad about. He would have been a brilliant brilliant villain yeah and so this is one of my disappointments like it's not something I dislike because I love what they did with Kinley and everything in this season but this is one of my few disappointments yeah I can understand that and I'm right there with you I want to point it out one last time because we haven't said it enough in the episode to wrap up season four content wise let me walk you through the timeline of season four because I found ages ago a link to the Lucifer wiki where we have a detailed and by detailed I mean detailed like as single date day timeline and I went through it and I checked for season four and I wrote just the relevant parts down. So it's one page. I'm going to walk you through it. And please feel free to comment whenever you feel that the timing doesn't make sense. So every five seconds, you're saying? Mm, No, every minute. (laughs) Okay, I'm ready. So season four starts in 2018, June 7th. Chloe is taking Trixie to Europe for a month. On the 17th of June, Chloe meets with Kinley. On July 8th, Chloe returns to work and meets Lucifer there. On July 9th, Trixie forgives Mace. Also on July 9th, Chloe meets with Kinley in LA. 
On July 16th, Linda finds out she's pregnant. On July 17th, Lucifer explains to Chloe the whole you make me vulnerable stuff. Chloe breaks up with Kinley. Eve comes to LA and Kinley spills the beans to Lucifer. On the 20th, after being lied to by Chloe and her admission that she is still afraid of him, Lucifer decides not to work with her anymore. On August 6th, Lucifer runs into Eve and the whole necklace storyline starts. So this actually makes sense except for the fact that she is in Lux for what? Two full weeks? Three weeks. Three weeks in Lux. With the same dress. With the same dress, with no shoes. And it would make sense that Lucifer wouldn't notice up until now because he was too busy drinking his bar. And it also makes sense that now he's getting pointed right at her because she's been there all the time for three fucking weeks. See? Told you. So, on August 7th, Mace tells Chloe that Linda is also in the know when it comes to Celestials. Chloe gets advice from Linda how to deal with Lucifer. On the 8th of August, the auction happens. Eve confesses to Lucifer that she actually came for him. Chloe sees them kiss and Mace moves in with Linda. Okay, so between Lucifer meeting Eve and... Two days. Chloe meeting Eve is two days. That's very short, but also it makes sense. Okay, so... On the 16th of August, Lucifer decides on one last case for closure. On the 17th of August, a day later, Chloe throws herself onto Lucifer to protect him during the bomb and luck situation, and Lucifer decides to keep working with her. On the 18th of August, Eve and Lucifer start dating, and Eve learns that Chloe makes Lucifer vulnerable. Time jump! February 20th, 2019. Makes sense. Eve befriends Mace. Lucifer mixes up the gifts for Chloe and Eve. That is when Mace was away, right? She comes back there. That she comes back to the party. Yeah. Yes. Cool, cool, cool. February 21st. Eve urges Lucifer to punish Julian, which leads to him breaking Julian's back. Mace goes to La Mace with Linda due to Ames being busy with Ramiel and forms an even closer bond with Linda. Yes. March 11th, 2019. Lucifer realizes Tiernan killed Sam, thinking he crippled Julian. Chloe asks Ella about five and finds out she has gone atheist. Eve protects Trixie and Chloe learns about the prophecy. Lucifer reveals his devil wings to Linda asking for help. And Amenadiel sends Remiel packing. But Remiel just showed up. No. When did Remiel show up? February 21st. So Remiel was around for... so Two Ames? episodes. He was in two episodes, but those two episodes, according to the timeline are 21st of February and 11th of March. So essentially, Ames is trying to convince Remy that... Humanity doesn't suck. For three weeks? Yes. Okay. (laughs) I mean, when you look at it, it kind of makes sense. Or alternatively, that they fought for three weeks. Ah. Which also would be hilarious. Because what is time to an angel? True, true. (laughs) Jesus. Uh. Okay. March 18th. Chloe shares the prophecy with Lucifer. He tries to break up with Eve, but she refuses. March 19th. Ames meets Caleb at Lux and Caleb gets shot, leading Ames to decide that raising his son in heaven is the better choice. Mace goes on blind dates and connects strongly with Eve. Lucifer breaks up with Eve and confesses his self-hatred to Linda. All in one day. All in one day, which is why I had such an issue with that episode. Busy, busy day. March 25th. 
Lucifer's body transformation happens, Eve teams up with Mace to win Lucifer back, Ella confronts Dan about the Tiernan business, prompting him to talk with Linda, the baby is born, Eve kills Kinley, Dromos possesses the body. Wait, so the baby is born... March 25th, 2019. And Linda finds out she's pregnant in August. July 2018 on the 16th. July. But she must have gotten pregnant when Amenadiel was sick with chlamydia. So that is, she found out when she was about a month. No, this doesn't make any sense because she gives birth about eight months after she finds out. Yeah, which makes sense because you have 10 months uh, term. Which does make, what, 10? No, it's nine months, Nina. No, that's the point. The nine months is what everyone talks about, but it's actually closer to 10 months to bear to full term. You are nine months pregnant and then after a bit you give birth. How many weeks is that? Do the math in your brain. I can't do math. I have had... No, because... No, like I'm thinking, okay, even if it was that, you would have about a month when she was pregnant, but you usually wouldn't find out that you're pregnant until you're, you're like a month and a half in. And she delivered early. She didn't expect to be giving birth that day. That's what I'm kind of like thinking. It's that 40 weeks. Quick. Pregnancy is 40 weeks. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah there's, four, there's four weeks in a month plus a bit. So it's a bit I'm over sure, nine months. Yeah. I'm sure they did the math themselves. I'm sure it's fine. But it feels very short. Go on. Like everything in this season. So of course the pregnancy is shorter than usual. March 25th, the whole baby born stuff happens. Dromos shows up. March 26th, Mace learns that Kinley escaped and searches for him. Lucifer gives Linda an I'm cured present. March 27th, Holla gets killed. Chloe works the case alone and meets Mace at a church, learning about the whole demonic possession stuff. Dramos meets Lucifer at Lux, learns about Charlie, kidnaps Charlie. March 28th, Eve confesses everything to Lucifer. Team Lucifer rescues Charlie. Lucifer goes full devil form to order the demons back to hell. Lucifer returns to hell after kissing Chloe and revealing that his angel wings are back. Wow. Intense. And that is the entire timeline for season four. Ten episodes in nine months. And some of these episodes were in one or two days. And some of these episodes had like five days in them. And while I don't agree with everything in this timeline, but this really showcases why the timing felt so weird at times. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So. Yeah. And if this was just way too much text for you, don't worry just check my notes because it's just one page yeah and then you can read it we now go into the stuff we monitor stuff we minotaur and obviously we have to start with the polls Though I have to confess because we record this before the episodes are all out we only had Seven. seven Actually, we only have use. six because I forgot to publish one. Shame. <laughs> um, yes, please. And shame so I have to confess, I only have picked two polls and not three. I've picked three, but the third one is a pity pick. Then leave it out and we both have two. Okay, let's do two. Awesome. So top two polls. And we're going to present alternating. Now, choose wisely and tell me which is your second favorite poll. So I wouldn't call it exactly favorite. I would call it people are wrong poll. And I was... 50-50 
physically hurt by the results of this poll because it's the one... It's going to be my favorite, right? It's going to be my favorite. It's going to be the one from episode six. Yes. Yes! Because, so I come up with this amazing theory, right? I ama- Amazing headcanon. I love it. I genuinely love it. And I think it got confirmed. It definitely did not get denied by any events afterwards. So I was very hurt when there, there. Hard Pass option gained 50, 50% of all the votes. 50%. And of course, the poll is Linda is not a figment of imagination in Lucifer's mind. According to our listeners. This obviously is my favorite poll because I got proven right by For the wisdom once. of our listeners. So I'm just going to counter with my second favorite poll is not my favorite mainly because of the poll, but mainly because of one comment we got on there from the user fallen one underscore star or as Vero would read it, Folini underscore star. She's just uh, showing me her tongue. Very sexy. I made a sound. You're going to hear the sound on the local audio. But the comment is super spoilery for season five, which is why I cannot include it here. But I have included the link to this poll in my notes. So if you are fully spoiled, feel free to check it out and then agree with me that this reasoning is flawless. And the poll I'm referring to, of course, is episode one, If Lucifer is holding a grudge against Mace. And the answer is no, and the reasoning is in the comment. See? So if we disregard the reasoning, I was right. So Lucifer does not hold grudge against Mace. But you were right for the wrong reasons. Hey, hey, Fallen hey. one underscore star was right with the right reasoning, thus convincing me. We'll talk about it when we talk about it, which is my favorite thing to say. <laughs> Sassy! Mm. What is your other poll? My favorite poll is the one where my favorite option won with 75%. And it is a poll from episode 2. What do you think of using human names for pets? (laughs) And the winning option is best thing ever. Wrong. Hey, 75% of our listeners disagree. Respectfully, screw you. I love you, but you're wrong. Mm, I could say the same thing about my other poll. I know, but you are a better person than me. (laughs) I wouldn't necessarily say that. No, I don't think so. I can see why this would be your favorite poll, because you get proven right, which was the same reasoning for my favorite pick. So, oh, wow. I mean, we are so obvious. We are so predictable. (laughs) It's kind of sad. It is a little sad, but you know what? I'm going to end up on the last poll that was a bit of a pity poll and the reason for that is that it didn't have a clear winner and it was directly me against you and it's episode 7's poll which obsession of the week is better how many people did mine or lena it was four people okay so it was not just you and me (laughs) no it was not four people voted and it ended up being 50 50 the poll finished as of the time of this recording two days ago 
And mm, so, I just love that this is like putting us exactly into one of our polls is because I was right. One of our polls is because I was right. And this is, you know, because no, nobody was right. We're so equally balanced. We're so equally bad. Well, let me wrap up this summoning episode with the last official segment of the day, which is, of course, my questionnaire that I keep of all of our questions that come up throughout recording, note-taking and off-air discussions. For season four, we have five questions. Number one, how was the opening scene with the time cuts and Lucifer's ever-growing disheveled state shot in all details? Arrangement, setup, light, movement, costumes, makeup, everything. Creep, yes. Second, what did Trixie do during the babysitting by Maze before Maze apologized in season four, episode two? Silent treatment, torture, something else. Number three. Why is Lucifer seen smoking in season four, episode five, when usually it cuts away right before he actually lights up? Number four. In episode six, Amenadiel talks to Remiel, and for some reason the Netflix and Amazon subtitles differ. Did he say Castiel's singing or Cassiel's singing? And last but not least, would Candy also fall for Eve's charm like everyone else seems to be or would she see straight through her? Wait, when did we come up with this question? When Eve says that she and Lucifer could go to Las Vegas and we say oh. no, she can't because Candy is there. Oh, 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 yeah, that does not seem around the corner or, you know, <laughs> off topic or anything. <laughs> Seriously, this is one of my favorite questions that we have. It is a great question. I think I really want Eve and Candy to meet. It would be fucking hilarious. Because next to Chloe, these are the only two women, Earth women, who actually have like such an intimate relationship with Lucifer. Seriously, Candy is so amazing because she is the only normal vanilla human to interact with Lucifer. She's most definitely not vanilla in my sense (laughs) of the word. But when it comes to celestial versus regular humans, she is vanilla. And Chloe is the miracle child. And Eve is the fucking first woman. So Candy is one of my favorite characters of all times. Because she is this normal creature who still managed to interact on a grown-up level with Lucifer. Yeah, petition to bring Candy back. Always, always. Fucking yes. I would love to have Candy back. Like, seriously. Yes. So before I let Vero wrap this summoning episode up in the best voice, that she can do season five is coming up next we are not talking about season five because at least for me it is so fresh in my brain that all supposed predictions would be heavily colored in uh their truthfulness and i'm not going to pretend that i don't remember things i've seen a few weeks ago i am extremely curious how season five is going to be because we binged both halves to put out the specials taking the time for both halves taking the time for each episode. There are some episodes coming up that I am extremely curious and hype about to cover in detail. There are some episodes that I'm dreading. So personally for me, there is a roller coaster ahead and I fucking cannot wait. Indeed, indeed. Season five is, from what I remember, absolutely fucking incredible. So I really... 
<laughs> overall in total Sorry. if you look at all look at it as a as a full on thing i think it's incredible and obviously it's going to have weaker spots it's going to have stronger spots of course every single piece of television does but also it's just so much hype that i have for this i really can't wait to go into details you mean the devils in the details <laughs> and with that we say thank you I'm not gonna do an accent. I'm gonna just wholeheartedly thank all of you, patrons or not, regardless, all of our listeners. Thank you so much to, for being around. It is our own damn fault for not having any feedback because we only remembered about four days ago when we should actually ask people for it. So, sorry! If you do end up sending anything afterwards, please keep in mind, we do read it. We love when you keep in touch with us, either at lucifer at taot-podcast.com or if you contact us at any of our social media. That means Facebook, Instagram or Twitter. Especially when you write Twitter comments that completely blow my mind and change my head canon. That I especially appreciate. I appreciate that it's not just me doing that to Lina all the time. We need other people because it's a tough job. You know it is. And to wrap this up, just a reminder, if you do want to leave us a review on any of the platforms, we would be extremely happy with it. And please, please, please recommend us to one of your friends. Just one, you know, and then it's just going to kind of snowball and more and more people will learn about us and we will have more people to interact with and talk about Lucifer and many more, hopefully in the future, shows to come. Especially with season six coming up, you need to recruit all of your friends into watching Lucifer. Just and what better it. way to start a new show than have a podcast to listen along with it. This is why we're spoiler free. Till next time. Bye. Bye.